welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And if you can please turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4, picking up in verse 12. Title of the message here today is The Test of Life. The Test of Life. I don't know about you, but I don't like, I don't like taking tests. I know people that love taking tests, but I, I'm that kind of person that I don't like taking tests. Matter of fact, in school, I, I didn't like taking tests, and especially the pop quizzes. I used to really, I'd get panicky when there was a pop quiz and a pop test where we, it was unexpected and the teacher just all of a sudden says, okay, class, take out a piece of paper. We're going to have a test. He's like, ah. I remember actually, I believe it was in third grade that that happened to me. The teacher, it was a spelling test. We were supposed to know our words, but we didn't know that we were going to have a test. And just out of the blue, she says, okay, put everything off, take everything off your desk. We're having a test. And, and I panicked. And so what I did was the wrong thing. I started writing the, the words on my desktop. That's not a computer for the young kids here. It's on the desktop, on the top of my desk, because writing the words as she was passing out the paper for everybody to write on. And so she came up to my desk. I was way far in the back, and, and uh, I had a piece of paper covering the words, and she asked me to move the piece of paper. And so I, I kind of like went like this and moved the paper, and, and she looked at the desk, and she, she says, what are you doing? And instead of taking the test, she spent the rest of the time humiliating me in front of the class, but in a good way explaining to the class that when you cheat on your test, you're only cheating yourself. And that tests are good for us, that the test will help us in the future. It's for our learning, that we should never cheat on a test. And so, I mean, I just sat there with my head down the whole time, and you know, I... But in a sense, I failed the test. In life, we will have tests. We're going to have trials, You see, God does not want us to fail the test. God wants us to pass the test. And unlike the unexpected test I had in school, we're to expect trials. We're to expect testing. It should be part of who we are as believers. You know, there's some school of thought in some churches that say that if you become a a Christian, everything's going to be rosy, everything's going to be wonderful. Actually, someone even wrote a book, Your Best Life Now. Well, if this is our best life now, that's pretty sad. My best life's in heaven. It's not now. We will have trials. We will have testings. We will have, but the good thing is, is they're orchestrated for us, and God allows them to mature us, and he has a purpose in the testing. It's not to condemn us. It's not to hurt us. It's actually to help us. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and read the text, and if you can please stand with me. We're at, again, 1 Peter 4. We're going to be looking at verses 12 to 19 as we make our way through the Bible. Apostle Peter writes, again, verse 12, 1 Peter 4. He says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you, that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you 
may also be glad with exceeding joy. Verse 14, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and the God and of God rest upon you. On their part, he's blasphemed, but on your part, he's glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Last verse, verse 19. Therefore let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. God, we, we lift up these verses to you and wow, there's a lot here. Lord, I know personally I... I don't like teaching on suffering. I don't like teaching on trials. And, and Lord, often as we teach or as we, are in, as we are instructed in the word, we're tested with the very things that we read about. So Lord, we would ask that as the tests come, as trials come our way, that Lord, through the message, through your word, we might have understanding. Give us ears that we might hear what you're saying, what your Holy Spirit is saying to us right now, Lord. May this be a holy time. May we realize this is you speaking through your word. So prepare our hearts, even now, Lord, prepare our hearts for the message. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. At the beginning of 1 Peter, we, we looked at the fact that the apostle Peter was telling the believers to spend the rest of their time doing the will of God because the time is at hand, the time is short, the Lord can come at any time. And so as believers, he brings out the fact that you spent the rest of your life doing your will. You were doing your thing, but now is the time to do what God wants. And I believe that's a great exhortation for all of us that are believers here today We're to live for God. The rest of the days here on this earth, we're to live for God because the time is at hand. We could be taken up at any time. So we're to live our life for God. We're to put aside our old life. We're to live that new life that we have in Christ. Last week, if you recall, he said, but uh, most of all, uh, above everything else, as a believer, because the time is short, we looked at have fervent love one for another. We're to love each other. We're to use our gifts and our talents. We're to serve each other. We're to be in the body of Christ, you know, serving and, and using the gifts that God has given us. And now he switches gears a little bit and he's warning us about trials coming our way and we're to expect them. And I want to make it clear for us that are believers that we're to expect trials to come our way because what'll happen if you're not expecting them, it's gonna take you off guard. It's gonna make you wonder, what, why is this going on? Why, how come me? And a lot of times we can get self-focused and we go, you know, it's, it's me, you know, why is this happening to me? And why are you doing this, God, to me? And then it's not, it's not you, it's, it's part of the plan. It's part of the plan that God has for all of us that are believers. So we're not to think it's strange when when the trial comes. So I want to focus back. Let's look back in verse 12. And he starts off by saying, beloved, 
you that are loved by God, don't forget that when trials come, you're loved by God. I believe sometimes what happens when a trial will come, you'll think, God, do you love me? Why are you doing this to me if you love me? Well, he's doing this to you because he loves you, because he needs to change you, and you need to change from glory to glory. God's doing a work in you. So he starts it off by saying, beloved, realize when a trial comes, you are loved by God. You are loved by God. The trial's not there because God hates you. God's mad at you. God's, you know, having a bad day. He's angry. No. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. Don't forget that. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Don't think it's strange. When trials come, realize, wow, God told me this. God warned me this is coming. It's a trial. It's a test. It's not strange. Don't think it to be strange when it happens. And we can do that. I've been walking with the Lord for quite some time. And, you know, when trials and really difficult things come my way, I can, like, Lord, like, I've even done this before. Really, God? Really? This? You're, you know, I'm serving you and this is happening? What? And I'm like, um, wait a second. I'm to expect this. And it's for me. Can you get that? It's for you. But, but we're to... Rejoice. How many of you love to rejoice when you're going through a difficult time? <laughs> it's good to rejoice, but when you're going through a, a trial or suffering, it's like, that's not the first thing that's on my mind. It's, I'm just going to rejoice. But, but God's saying rejoice. Why? Because you're partaking in something that Christ has done for you already. Jesus Christ suffered on the cross. Jesus Christ was beaten. Jesus Christ was rejected. Jesus Christ went through a terrible terrible ordeal here on this earth and we get to partake and, and it, you know, sometimes with my, my little brain, my mind, I'm like, well, why do I even want to partake with this? But when I step back and realize the Lord suffered for me and I'm going through this little teeny itsy bitsy trial and I'm complaining, but Lord, I should be saying, God, thank you that I'm suffering because I'm a Christian I'm being hurt because I love you. And if this is part of the deal, that's okay with me because I love you. And if this is going to happen, if people are going to be violent towards me, if people are going to lie about me, if people are going to come against me, if people are going to be vile against me, and it's all because of you, okay, I understand. That's okay, Lord. I'll, I'll, I'll do that because I want to be on your side. Because I know the end result. I know if they don't change, if they don't repent, if they don't seek the Lord, they're going to be going through a fiery trial that's a real fiery trial. Do you know what I mean? Rejoice. The word means be glad, be cheerful. A fiery trial is a calamity or a test that tests our character. Friday morning, I scheduled a time to do a a video, a, pr a promotional video for the labor of love. So it was scheduled for, for Friday morning. And so I had to get a special mic because we, 
we like to do it outdoors, and so the last mic I used last time wasn't good enough because the wind was blowing and all, so I went and ordered a lapel mic so it's close to my mouth, so you know, it could kind of help with the wind and all that kind of stuff, and so I tested it, everything worked great, and the, the, everything was just so awesome until I went out to do the testing, and all of a sudden, my, I used my iPhone, and everything locked up. That's like everything. It just then, then when I finally got the, the thing to open up, the, the, uh, the app to open up and everything, the picture was real tiny and real small. I'm like, wait a second, the phone is going the right way. And so I'm moving the phone around, trying to make it going in and out, going in and out. And I'm spending like, you know, 20 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes, an hour. It just wouldn't work. And then I did fix that and something else went wrong. And then I fixed that and something else went wrong and I fixed it. I mean, one after another, something goes wrong. Finally, I got it all dialed in, all tuned in and it's all working fine. So we're there and with my wife and I, it's the, the iPad or the iPhone is on the tripod and everything and everything's working good. I said, honey, I'm going to run to the church. I'll be right back. So I'm gone five minutes. I come back and she says, you won't believe this. The wind blew over the tripod. And she says, your, your screen is cracked. And I go, oh, great. And, and I looked, I says, not only is the screen cracked, look at the mic. The mic's all bent up. And I thought, well, it's bent a little. That's not going to hurt it, right? I plugged it in. It doesn't work. Completely doesn't work. And then I went online to see, you know, maybe I can order one. I have to schedule it for a couple days out. Order, try to order one. It says they're all out of stock. And I'm thinking, is there a demon in my telephone? I'm like, what is going on? And sometimes when we step out to do the things of God, we step out, you know, this is a, the Labor of Love Music Fest. It's a huge outreach. It's a beautiful thing. People give their lives to Christ. It's a, you know, it's a wonderful time. We, we get to, you know, just sing about our Lord. We have a huge baptism afterwards. And I'm thinking, and it's like, it's part for the course. It happens. And in me, I wanted to complain. I wanted to say, you know, really, God? And this is going to happen and all that. But I realized I'm teaching on this. <laughs> Count it all joy. And I just started seeking the Lord. I'm like, Lord, you know what? If, that's, if you don't want this video right now, whatever you want to do, just your will be done, Lord. Just, this is your deal. You, God, you do what you want to do. And all of a sudden, his presence was there, and it's just his peace is there. It's like, you know, God, whatever you desire, we're going to go through some difficult times. I remember years ago, I was at a men's retreat, and it was at a hotel, and, and while I was there, there was a, a Jewish celebration. So I was curious. I wanted to know why they were having this celebration. So I went over to talk to the family, and I found out that it was because the, this gentleman, his wife had passed away. So it was just a gathering together, you know, a morning time. And so, I, you know, I felt real bad. And the son was there. He was 12 years old. And it was his mother that just passed away. And I, you know, I was ministering to this 12-year-old. I was ministering to the father. And I, I said, you know, my mother passed away when I was just a baby. And she was only 26 years old. And, you know, that's terrible. And, you know, I was just really just, God gave me just a strong compassion for, for this family. And literally, they said, well, you want to come in? We're having food, you can eat with us, and all that. I said, no, I got, you know, I've got a retreat here, actually. They go, what kind of retreat? I says, well, I'm a Christian, and it's a, it's a men's retreat, and we're over there. And I says, actually, we love the Jewish people. And when I said I was a Christian, I kid you not, he said, get out of my sight. And all of a sudden, he just had hatred. He's just looking at me like, get out of my sight. And I said, all I said was I was a Christian. 
He said, you heard me, and I kid, check this out. The 12-year-old kid, he was about this big, but he was all, you know, worked out a lot. He goes like this, he walks in front of me like this. He goes, you heard my dad, get out of here. And I says, you just invited me to go eat with you, and I said I was a Christian, now you hate me. And they said, yeah, get out of here. We want nothing to do with you. You see, Jesus said, they're gonna hate you because they hate me. And that was very evident But in this world, we're going to have people that are going to come against us because of Jesus. If you're truly, truly, truly following Jesus Christ, people are going to hate you. They're going to backbite against you. They're going to talk bad. They're going to slander you. They're going to do all kinds of things against you because they hate God. But we can rejoice because guess what? We're on the winning side. Remember Jesus said, I'll put it up on the screen, John 15, 20, remember the word that I said to you, Jesus said, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecute me, then, excuse me, they will also, can we say that? Persecute you. If they kept my word, they'll keep your word also. If if they're a believer, they're gonna be right on the same page with you. If they're not a believer, they're not gonna be. Bible tells us beware when everybody likes you. And that's our human nature. We want everybody to like us, don't we? We want, you know, that's our nature. We want everyone to like us. Please like me, please like me, please like me. I want you to like me. The Bible says beware if everybody likes you because for Christ's sake, some people will not like you because of Jesus Christ. I've had people become violent with me because of Jesus. I've had people want to punch me in the face because of Jesus. I remember in a doing the nursing home ministry, and I would go around, I loved it, the activity director was a Christian, so I would teach a Bible study. She would literally go to all the rooms and bring real people into the Bible study, Jewish people, Hindu people, (laughs) serious, Muslim people. And they would say, where are we going? And she says, oh, we're just gonna go to the activity center. They didn't know they were going to a Bible study. She would just bring them into the Bible study. I literally, one guy, I think, I'm trying to remember, uh, what was he? Oh, I, I, won't even, I don't know. Uh, but uh, he wasn't a believer, right? He went before, so she was taking him, and he was holding onto the wall. I'm not going. He's like putting his foot, he's putting his foot on the wall, putting on his foot on the wall. And she goes, no, come on, we're going. And she goes, no, I don't want to go. <laughs> And people would get saved, but there's one time I remember after the, the Bible study, I would go around and introduce myself, meet everybody, and this one guy, this, I sat down to this one guy, and he wasn't a believer, and, he, and I says, hey, how you doing? He goes, get out of my face. <laughs> I, says, I says, well, you know, what's your story? I just want to meet you. He says, you heard me. He goes, you had your time up there. <laughs> and he literally told me, he says, if you don't get up out of your seat, he says, I'm going to punch you in the face right now. I was like, okay, you got it. You know, it's all right. Are we walking with Jesus? And when we walk with Jesus, not everybody's going to like us. And trials will come. But we're not to give up, we're to look up. We're not to give up, we're to look up. And we're to rejoice. Because there's a special reward to those that that suffer for his name's sake. But look back with me in the text. This is really good. Look at this. For if you are reproached, that word reproach means insulted or defamed or reviled, or if you're suffering for the name of Christ, listen to this, blessed are you. You're blessed. And that word blessed means supremely blessed. You're, you're well off. You're, you're, 
It's, it's an honor. There, there's a special blessing that happens when we're reproached for the name of Christ. But look at this. I never really noticed this before. It says, for the spirit of glory and of God will, can we say that together? Rest upon you. The, the Shekinah glory that was in the temple, God's glory was in the temple when Solomon dedicated the first temple. It tells us that the glory of the Lord filled the temple. That was his, his, the Shekinah glory. Even there's another word, the kabod, the heaviness of God rested upon the temple of God. And here we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when, when persecution comes, when reproach comes, when defiling comes, when people are against us, the, if you allow it, the Shekinah glory just rests upon you. And God's like, I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm on your side. Everything's going to be fine. I've got this under control. I know what I'm doing. I'm working in their life. One of the worst things that, that I had to go through, which I've talked about a few times, was... Uh, when my wife and I had three miscarriages and losing the babies, that was, that was difficult. I guess the most difficult part was, is, it was the whys of God. Why God? Why even would we even get pregnant? Why would you even allow, you know, and all that? And I had to stop this why God stuff. And I had to say, Lord, Lord I trust you. But can I tell you, during the most difficult times of life, if you allow it, if you turn to God, his glory will just rest upon you as you go through difficult times. He wants to be there. He, he wants to rest upon you. I remember the first baby that we lost. We were, during that time, we had our Bible study at, at Pete's house. And, and I believe it was the, that day or the next day after we lost our first baby, as we were singing the worship songs, one of the songs where he gives and takes away, he gives and takes away. And it was just, you know, it was, it was a, a difficult time. And I, my wife told me after the Bible study, she says the Lord spoke to her through that song and says that she's being tested, but when she goes through the test, she's going to come forth as gold. And God's presence was just with us in a special way. When difficult time comes, I just want to encourage you. Look up. Keep looking to him. Because he has a purpose in it. And sometimes we won't know the full purpose until we get to heaven. Sometimes we won't understand. God gave me a verse, and I've shared this before, but what helped me get through that most difficult time, he gave me a verse out of 1 Corinthians 13. Now we see in a mirror dimly and then face to face. And that verse just, that's all I needed. I needed to hear from God. And God just spoke to me, and he, he gave me that verse. And basically with that verse, he says, you're not going to fully understand it. We see dimly. You just see dimly. Once you get to heaven, you're going to see the full picture, and you're going to understand it. Can you just trust me and that's all I needed and his presence and his glory was rested upon me and I was like God yes yes I just need you close to me but can I tell you the glory of God just rests upon you when you're going through things for his name's sake don't you love the story of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego the golden image was erected the people were commanded to bow down to the, the golden image, to worship the golden image. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, it's not going to happen. We're not going to bow down to the image. Remember that? So they threw him into the fiery furnace, and it says, Daniel 3.23, it says, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. 
as we talk about fiery trials, the Nebuchadnezzar, check this out, was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, um, excuse me, counselors, did we not cast uh, only three men bound in the midst of the fire? Was there just three guys? And they said, yeah, actually, you're right. There's only three guys. He said, look. He says, I see four men loosed. They were bound before. Walking in the midst of the fire. And they're not hurt. And check this out. And the form of the fourth is like the, can we say it together? The Son of God. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.